0: Potential for greatness lives within each of us, I DARE. My name is Nikki Dare. I DARE was born of personal hardship, triumph, and the desire to succeed. I DARE, the acronym for Integrity of Diversity, Adaptation, Resilience, and Empowerment is the hallmark of my life, derived from learning to evolve through difficult circumstances. Growth experiences necessarily result from these challenges. Without the obstacles, we never would know the true meaning of success or feel the exaltation of triumphing over adversity. My personal mission, therefore, is to help you encounter your purpose and live your best, best life by unearthing your inherent potential and finding joy in the journey. I did, and so can you. It's about personal empowerment and unlocking your inner potential I dare. therefore is a way of life please join me to discover your inner potential by sharing some of our own challenges thank you for watching thank you for listening and joining me today let's make it a blessed joyful week this week thank you
1: thank you for joining us at Nikki Dare Radio Heard worldwide by millions of listeners with your lovely host, Ms. Nikki Dare. Our podcast hosted by Nikki Dare is your home for education to safety and survival, leadership and inspiration. Nikki Dare is the founder of iDare, Inc., a registered 501c3 with its mission to educate and mobilize resources for preparedness and sustainability. Idare is a grassroots credo and personal mission based on its pillars of excellence: integrity, diversity, adaptation, resilience, and empowerment. Ms. Dare's personal mission is to help you encounter your purpose by unlocking your inherent potential and finding joy in the journey. Nikki Dare is the published author of *The Audacity of Veracity*, a columnist. Women in the Field of Western Outdoor News, California's publication of Fishing and Hunting. Ms. Dare is a certified firearms instructor in rifle, shotgun, and handgun, RSO, Range Safety Officer, and CERT, Community Emergency Response Training Member of FEMA Certified Training. Women's advocate, transformational mentor, and a seasoned BPR change management consultant since her early 20s. In transforming companies, and decades later, she is reinventing her purpose. Nikki Dare's life has been spent passionately in helping others going through transformation, both personal and professional. And now, here's your lovely host, Ms. Nikki Dare.
2: It's is not for everyone, and it's not easy, certainly. Entrepreneurs, we juggle multiple responsibilities every single day. 50% of startups fail in the first four years. 19% of startups fail because of too much competition, and another 18% fail because of pricing or cost issues. Certainly, there are no blueprints to the road to success. We all have to have that willing to sacrifice many things along the way to feel overwhelmed and sometimes beaten. Every entrepreneur, no matter how prepared we are, we stumble over unexpected hurdles and challenges. The successful ones learn to get back up as soon as possible because it is necessary. And we constantly seek for solutions, answers, evaluate, improve strategy, branding use all of that stuff. Similarly, as chaotic when you are showing up to a nine-to-five in corporate world as an executive, right? It's pretty chaotic. It sounds chaotic. It is chaotic. That's probably why I had left the scene and wanting my own, um, my own chaos, I guess, right? All right. I'll Salamat pagi, bonjour, buenos dias, all that good stuff around the globe. All right, guys, how are you guys doing? And good to have you all back here again this morning on our We Talk, Woman Empowerment. Yes, we love to talk. I am bringing in a very special guest this morning to discuss all of this. She is their ex-corporate executive, who trans-serial entrepreneur, lovely lady. She works with women, with women who want to launch, grow, or scale their business. She also helped many, many small businesses grow and focus on the big strategic decisions that drive, of course, the business growth. Uh, Here's some of them. Brand identity and management, product development, pricing, and of course, marketing and sales strategy, the meat of all of these things. Here's my exclusive guest this morning, Maggie McMahon, the owner of Strategy Mentor. Maggie, hi, you're there, right? Welcome to our okay. show. We talked. Thank you how so you much. doing me. my dear?
3: I'm doing great. great. Oh
2: like here. Okay, let's break it down by asking you first. What are the most common obstacles, challenges as an entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur yourself, which you overcome you overcome, and how do you respond to these challenges?
3: Well, Nikki, first I'm really glad to be with you. I mean, I think it's great to be able to talk about what it is that we do and how we build a life for ourselves that, that works on our own terms. Um, you know, that's something that's really important to me. I wanna give you just a little bit of my background before I dive into your question, cause it's a great question. Just so people have some context of sort of what I've done and you know, maybe how that relates to what they've done or what they wanna do. So my background is really, really varied. I started off, um, I went from undergraduate with a psychology degree to get a master's degree in healthcare administration, and I spent the first you know 15 years of my career in the healthcare world. I did things like um, strategy development for large um, health healthcare systems. I worked for one in Michigan. I worked for one here out of Texas, and um, then I um, sort of unforeseen event. We had been trying to adopt for a long, long time. I'd been working for about 10 years, and um, got a call about a baby that needed to, you know, a family, and we adopted that little boy after about like two days of notice. We got to call it a Wednesday, and on Thursday, he was born. He was home with us on Saturday, Sunday, and on Tuesday, we found out I was five weeks pregnant, and so, oh,
2: wow. oh, That's yeah.
3: incredible! Oh my gosh, so our world just sort of turned way upside down, and um, I got really sick when I was pregnant, and I, I couldn't work. I had to stop. I had a newborn, and I, I was sick. Um, So I ended up leaving that hospital system that I was at doing strategy work and was home for about a year, you know, being pregnant and having a baby and taking care of babies and all that sort of stuff. And as soon as I was healthy again, I started looking back for work and I found a really cool company here in San Antonio where I live now um, that's a medical device company. And I went over there to build, you know, I've been doing strategy, healthcare strategy, and they needed someone to build a specialty sales force. So I went over there and I ran... I started and then ran a global specialty sales force having never done sales before. Um, And, you know, even now having done that, I'm still a little gun shy of sales for my own personal stuff sometimes. So we can talk about that in a minute. Um, But that job ended up with a lot of different opportunities because I went from there to running a health economics group where we built all the marketing messages for all their products around the world. Um, And then I went and, Total happenstance, same company, we got a new guy in running um, corporate communications and he came and asked me to to work with him. And so I ran corporate brand for them, all the digital marketing. Um, I ran public relations. Um, I got to launch products in Japan and Australia and India. Um, So really cool experience. Um, But our company went from being public to being private and a bunch, the work that was being done didn't need to be done anymore. Um, Cause they were focusing in on some pretty core operational issues. So I had a, some good notice and I had a good severance and I, you know, when the company went private, I, I mean, yeah, you know, went private. I took my money and started my first business and went like 180 degrees away from what I'd been doing. Um, so I had, like I said, I had these two kids and they both have really different needs in terms of school and needs that weren't being met in the community. So I decided, You know what, it can't just be my kids that need have these needs. Out there have to have the same needs that my kids have, and they're just not being met. So I opened up a tutoring company, which, you know, wasn't healthcare, wasn't marketing, you know, wasn't brand work. It was it was running a small business. And we um I ran that for about five years. And in that process, um, I had about 20 employees. We had a storefront, you know, we had a physical location where kids would come. We'd have about you were know, between 50 and 80 kids a week coming through getting help. Um, but I ran into a problem that most entrepreneurs run into, or a lot of entrepreneurs run into, which is I got really bored. It was, oh, it was a stable business and it ran and it was successful oh, yeah. and it it's didn't more like better. anything of me.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. It was, yeah. It's automated,
2: it's all stagnant. Yeah. You just want something exciting my kind of I girl. I did. I needed something that was more variable. Right. So what did you do at that point? What did, how did
3: you do it? How did you get out of that? What I ended up doing is I ended up selling off the assets for the business, you know, the customer list, the methodologies. Um, I did not sell the mm-hmm. name. I sold to somebody who already had an existing, um, smaller business that needed to grow theirs. Um, and so that's what I did. Um, and I took a little bit of time after that, did a little bit of work with a friend who had a consulting firm, you know, I helped her out and helped her, She was ready to grow her business. And so I said, sure, I'll help. And so we did a three X on her business within a year. Um, and it was already an established business. I and mean, she had about 20 um, consultants that was, were working for her. And we went, we, we three extra revenue in a year, um, which made me realize, gosh, that is fun for me. And that's something that um, I really enjoy and I have to so yeah, just
2: that, in the energy level and say, that's what I want to do. That's your passion. That's your calling. It
3: is. And, and it's also something that I recognize going back to this idea from my first business, that you have to have a need in the market. There have to be people who need to buy from you. And yes. I have this really cool, unique set of skills that marries really strong corporate work, a really great educational mm-hmm. background with running a couple of successful businesses And a lot of people just don't have, they may have one or two of those little pieces, but they don't have all of it to be able to, to actually like put the package together and have true success with their business. And that's really what um, I get excited about doing these days. Let's talk about marketing and sales strategy, because
0: I
2: think everybody listening to this, uh, they want to listen to that portion of that. Times have changed, you know that, in the business world, (laughs) kind of a decade ago. Now we have social media. Ever before everyone has to have a website their business to draw traffic to see what what you know you're selling uh, online e-commerce basically right has exploded in past decades uh, people have to have this stuff now your background also include uh, branding digital media uh, public affairs I think right market access product lunch reputation management around the world um, before I get on into that here's a statistic I'd like to share with you all that in 2017 estimated 1.66 billion people worldwide purchased goods online during the same year in 2017 global e-retail sales amounted to 2.3 trillion US dollars projection show a growth in 2020 by 2021 4.4 uh, 4.48 trillion US dollars so what are your thoughts on that?
3: Well, I mean, there's a couple of things that you said that I think are important to remember. There, there are um, reasons that you want to have a website or have a social media presence. It, it isn't. It is sort of like a base of doing business, but your base doesn't have to be um, really active. Sometimes people get into building super complex websites or these crazy, you know, five time, eight time a day postings on social media. That's not, that's not necessarily I, I, what need. I know. I want to ask you about that. Is that so important? I mean, how effective, what, what
2: kind of impacts are we looking for, for, for posting so much? Is there a recommendation for that? I mean, is there a magic number? How many posts that we should, and then we become successful or known or found?
3: Well, You, so you know is, what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying, but this is where, um, my advice isn't actually popular on a podcast like this because there isn't a magic formula. And and this is the point I was trying to get to is that your website, your social media, all your marketing efforts have to be done in service to a goal. And so if you're just getting a social media platform together to, you know, let people know who you are and you don't have actually a goal for what, why you're using it. Are you going to sell on it? Are you trying to just raise awareness? What are you? Why are you using it? Because that goal determines how often you post and what kind of content you post and who you're trying to reach and so, so We're going back again to the business model also, right? The needed really the basics 101. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll give you a couple of different examples. I'm going to pick up my dad for a minute. My dad is an executive he just retired as a chief information officer from university and He uh, like me doesn't like being not busy And so within about six months, he was ready to work again. And so I was talking with him and I said, well, are you going to put up a website? He goes, "Eh, I don't think I need one. I was like, well, dad, you know, it's the cost of doing business. You have to have a website. Like where's someone going to go to find you? He said, you know what? My LinkedIn is so robust that in my, my personal networks are so robust that I don't need a website to just fill space. You know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna build this next set of my business on my reputation um, and all the good work he's done, you know, in the past. Now contrast that to you know a new seller. I'm gonna pick on a different a client here who is selling um, handbags, custom handmade handbag designer, and she is just getting started in the handbag space. She's an attorney front by training, you know she she has to have some sort of way of showing off her goods so that people like can... like, like yeah. presence, like yeah. she does she does need a website she needs a website that, that displays her stuff that probably doesn't have to sell her stuff though because she does custom bags and so right. any kind of sale that she makes has to ha- involve a conversation has to involve a decision-making process and so right. somebody's not just going to go to her website and buy the pre-made you know, handbag that she's already made that she's got to engage with them. So that means her social media really has to get focused in on drawing people in, having conversations, pulling out a listing from people, the things that they love and that they want to express through their, through their fashion statements. Um, right. And so her social media looks completely different you know, branding solutions. I mean, people we'll talk about
2: branding, branding. If you, you've got to have to be in every platform or some platform, most platform, pick two, three, four, or do you have to be in every one of them platforms to be um, to be known, to be, you know, branded?
3: Uh, is that so important? How important is that? Well, I want to you know? make a distinction between brand and reputation. You know, reputation... Very good point. Yeah. First, That's my next question. Exactly. So, the reputation really is about what do people know of you personally, or of your business? What What do they think of? Your brand is is a bigger representation of who you are aspiring to be, and what you are promising to deliver to your potential customer. Um, you know, and, and your look and your feel, your logo and your colors and stuff is important but really your verbal identity and your brand is what's the foundation of how people get to know you. Your reputation. the re- message. It is about the your story. message. Yeah, the but message. your reputation oh. is a little bit different because it's the, it's the outcome of what you have done and, and what people know that you're capable of doing for them. Um, and so, you know, you build reputation, you build brand actually a little bit differently. So I'm gonna pick mm-hmm. on somebody who is a service provider. You know, somebody who's come out of the corporate world who um, will we'll pick on somebody who provides accounting services, um, you know, because that's, that's needed. It, it seems a little um, boring sometimes, but it's not. You know, it's, it's all about how do you, from a reputation standpoint, help your potential customer know that you can provide the accounting services that they need and that you're the best, you're their best choice at this moment. But, your brand is how do you make them feel when they work with you how do you how do you inspire them and help them grow into who they need to be also and so you know an accountant seems a little dull, but an accountant can really enable you to reach your goals and that's that's about the brand positioning is how do i how, how would I if I were an accountant help you figure out what you need and how do I inspire you and in, and get you from where you are right now where money is tight or stressful to where it is money is serv- serving your business and it's coming in in a way that allows you to grow and build and that to me that's where sort of the difference in reputation and brand
2: you no know, it is so important I mean both are similarly important
3: equally important right they While are you're doing this They're definitely. Yeah. and then the other thing you talked about was you know what is the role that social media has in brand yes and And to me, social media is a a tool that you can use to convey your message, but it's not Mm -hmm. a strategy by itself. It, it, like I said earlier, it has to be in service to something. So if you're getting on social media to just talk, that's awesome, Mm -hmm. but that's probably not going to bring you business uh, that's paying over time. Um, And so, you know, what platforms you have to be on, I am not a fan of being on all platforms
2: there's no blueprint. Like I said, you know, uh, it is important to build your brand and maintaining your reputation out there. Uh, you just know how to use these tools. Like you said, these are the tools. Um uh,
3: so that you when, can someone's, use. when someone's trying to choose a social media platform, I try to ask them a couple of questions. Um, you know, the first question that I really focus on is who are you trying to reach? Because yeah. the, the audience on LinkedIn is very different than the audience on Pinterest. Um, and so, yeah. yeah, if you're trying to reach a mom with, you know, mommy blogger lifestyle stuff, you totally need to be on Pinterest and you don't need to be on LinkedIn, but if you're trying to sell business services, you've got to be on LinkedIn probably. Now, the second question that I ask people is how do you like to communicate? Are you a visual storyteller? Do you like to use your words? Do you like to send one way information or do you like to engage back and forth? Are you happier? Um, so th- I guess that's my next set of sort of criteria. And so, you know, if you're more visual you're going to be moved more towards Instagram and Pinterest, maybe a little bit of Facebook. If you're more, um, word based, you're probably going to be a little more towards LinkedIn, Twitter, maybe again, Facebook. It sort of sits in the middle of all of them quite honestly. Um, and then the third yeah. question we have is how much time do you have to engage? Because if you know, Twitter takes really true engagement multiple times a day eight to 12 times a day i mean you have to be there you have to be interacting the conversations go fast the leads go away fast you know that those conversations don't last long on twitter as opposed to pinterest which has a really long tail and you may get traffic from a pinterest post three to six months later um and so you know instagram also tends to be a little faster in terms of its turnover and how short the lead time is Uh, linkedin tends to be a little bit longer, more, not the three to six months like, like Pinterest, but yeah, you know, certainly longer. So those are the three real questions I have to try to help people figure out what social media platforms they really need to be on. What are you, what are you on, Nikki?
2: I'm on, I, you know, I happen to like the visual side mm-hmm. of post. Um, I like Instagram. I never really utilize a Facebook as a tool. Instagram very satisfying to me you know um, I use LinkedIn for my business connection business services and stuff like that I have used uh, a couple companies marketing companies that would run my you know daily or weekly uh, regular posting I wasn't happy with the outcome I thought that was just a waste of time and money they ended up asking me what I want to say I you know it brainstorm first obviously And i will say, this is what I want. This is, you guys go ahead and take the ball and run with it. And it wasn't the case. The case that they keep coming back and they say, is this okay? You know, all of those things is taking more time out of me. I mean, the whole idea to pay somebody is to be able to get off that time and delegate some of these tasks um, of your plate, you know. So what do you do?
3: That's one of the challenges that um, a lot of people face with social media, especially outsourcing it, is that um, sometimes you outsource it to somebody who is lower cost, and they don't have the same, it's very rare that they have the same level of experience that you do in expertise in your field, and so in order for you, at least for me, to get satisfying results in terms of the, the um, value of the content that I'm sharing on social media, I've got to keep my hand in that because... that is back to the brand you know part of my brand is to provide really stellar actionable content and somebody who doesn't have my experience is gonna have a hard time providing that kind of content so I've got to stay in the mix I actually still run all my own social media because of that Um, you know I don't yeah
2: when when I did that I, I was really disappointed when I saw one morning I got up and then I saw a post and this is not what I was talking about this is not what we've been talking about at all, it was, it was totally completely different than what I was um, trying to say on my yeah. social media. So, I mean, you know, basically I fired the people and I said, I, I'm not looking at this anymore. I took over and then uh, as any other entrepreneur, business owner, busy people, uh, you only post whenever you have the time, I guess, right? But there are, I want to talk about this too. Um, there are some resources that there, are tools and resources where, such as, I think it's Hootsuite where you can post in advance.
3: I use something called co-schedule um, and it's not co-schedule. So it's not something that is as um, well known as Hootsuite, but I like it because it has these really cool features where you can um, repurpose and reuse content in an automated fashion over time. And so it makes it really easy to keep my social, my social media feeds lively even though I'm not always producing brand new content. Um, and so it just it makes it a little easier for me. Um, and it does intelligent requeuing so that it only reposts the things that people are actually engaging with. So if I have a piece of content that's sort of a dud, it's gonna fall off and it won't ever get shared again. Um, and I can give it pretty good limits. So I can say like, only share this twice in a year. So I'm not flooding people with the same post over and over again, but I am still getting some extra legs out off of that. Content.
2: What are the conversion rates using this kind of things? If it's so, is it effective? Obviously, it is effective, somewhat, right? To certain extent, Um, it it just depends on what you're looking for, right? What you get out of this uh, paying this monthly, I think, or yearly kind of thing, right?
3: Yeah. Uh,
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I would never tell someone to be on social media to the exclusion of other marketing platforms. I I don't think that's a a healthy marketing program. And so I like to talk about something called the digital trifecta for, for the digital piece of marketing. And that is how do your social media platforms, your email marketing and your website share data and information so that you can get the right message to the right person at the right time. And so if you're doing social media and you're doing it in absence of an email marketing program or, you know, having a great website, you're not going to really get the big bang. I, I hear a lot of people who um, talk about, Oh, I'm running Facebook ads and I'm getting nothing for them. Um, and they're costing me a ton of money and I'm not get, no one's buying anything from me and I don't know what I'm doing. Well, Facebook ads aren't a one and done kind of deal. Facebook ads are this continuum where you start off with, and this is true of any marketing effort. You just start off with helping people know that you're there, that make them aware of you. know, so there's this sort of awareness building phase that happens. And then you have to get them interested in you, where they're actually like, oh, who is that person? And you know, I don't just recognize them. I want to know a little bit more about them. And then you have to help them move into a decision-making stage where they have to say, oh, I might actually want to work with them. I want to evaluate that. And then finally, hopefully make that, that, take that action to, to work with you or buy from you. And so a lot of people start their Facebook ads and really their social media marketing at the decision and action phase, when really you've got to start way back over here at the awareness phase. Um, and those ads are a whole lot cheaper just to get somebody to sort of engage with you. And the real beauty comes in when you can then take the people who have interacted with you on those ads that were cheaper and send targeted messages to them via email and Facebook and maybe even on your website when they visit um, so that you're getting getting the actual right content to them. I think, you know, at least for me and a lot of my clients, what I find is a lot more of the sale happens through or, or progressing the sale happens through the email side of that equation. And then ultimately if you need phone calls also, it depends on what you're selling. Um, but less of the so, sale actually happens in the social media realm.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's the interaction. It's the traditional one-on-one, you know, interaction, communication, phone yeah. calling. I mean, that's still crucial. That's still key yeah. to making the sales, right? Yeah. The sales I guess.
3: And that's, Uh That's a whole other side of, of marketing is sort of what I call the traditional marketing piece where you're building your network, you're out meeting people, you're asking for referrals, you're referring people, other people who do good work. You're referring work to them you know that's how, how do you actually get to know people offline and build relationships that are going to be fruitful
2: right right okay very very interesting because i'm I'm an old school traditional marketing i mean all of this gadget technology my goodness i cannot even keep up with every one of this um oh the apps talk about apps tell me about apps what are your thoughts on that
3: just in terms of like the apps that are you asking about the apps that I use to be more productive? Are you asking about no, no, no. having an app? app as, yeah, as a
2: business person, a sell, to sell as a, as a marketing tool, as a sales tool. I, think um, it
3: really, I mean, that really depends on what, like I said earlier, everything has to be in service to a goal. And so, you know, if you, if you have a goal that is furthered by having an app, then great, do that. You know, if you are an information clearinghouse, on a specific, you know, niche area. So, um, you know, disaster preparedness, I know you really are, um, that's important to you. So if you have that niche kind of area of specialization and you want to provide all the content you want to keep people in one place, you can do it that way. And But you have to make sure that the app actually engages people in a way that they want to continue interacting with you and you get, right. you drive them back to your website or some other way of working with them. Now that that's one way of using an app. Another way is actually make money by selling an app. Um, I have a cousin who used to have the number one app in the Apple, uh, web store for the app store for a long time. It was a golf game. Um, you know, and he built his business around this golf game that he created and now has a thriving, you know, app building company. Um, and has then gone on to do a couple other things. Um, so, you know, if you want to actually sell an app that has, that provides something of value to a customer, you, know, you can do that either through a, a flat fee to begin with, or a monthly recurring fee, or add-on fees, whatever those look right. like. The other, other tool for, place for an app, and this is where I personally have the most experience, is in using apps as a selling aid. And so how do you, yeah. you know, you take, an app and put the data in there that helps move people through those stages of the selling process that I talked about earlier. How do you move them from knowing about you being interested in, in you making a decision to work with you finally? Um, so that's, I think close that's, our... sales. Yeah,
2: yeah, the close of sale. Yeah. I mean, there's it's... always an art, right? I mean, this is just an art business. <laughs> it is. Okay. Our... Yeah, I want to talk before I forget, because I I, I was really intrigued about your background as well. I mean, you talk about the five years that you had um, the business, Uh, you know, you're an advocate for parents also, right? For gifted learners and kids, children, managing mental health issues. Um, Tell us how, how did you get into, um, well, you, you already tell us that, but What is it? I mean, are you going, is this something that is part of your career in the future? Is this something that, okay, Maggie doesn't want to do this anymore? Uh, Tell us about that, because I was really intrigued. I mean, make sure to choose that route.
3: You know, like a lot of people who are passionate about things, we get passionate about them because we are dealing with them on a regular basis. And so I have two kids who um, have vastly different needs. I have one child who is profoundly gifted. Um, and just blows through any kind of academic content that you could think to give him. He taught himself algebra when he was five. Um, He's 13 and he's on his third AP, fourth AP class. He's in calculus right now, you know, so finding ways and things that um, can engage him and help keep his mind busy. That's hard. That's not um, sort of a normal task of parenting. And likewise, I have, my other son has mental health issues. He has pretty severe anxiety. And it has been, um, it, it, is, it, it makes things hard for him. And um, you know, parenting a kid with mental health issues is pretty lonely. A lot of people don't talk about it. A lot of people don't know that some of the things that they're seeing in their kids actually might be mental health issues um, as opposed to like willful disobedience. And um, you know, the way that you parent a child who is willfully disobedient is very different in the way you parent a child who has mental health needs and who is sick um, and just helping people sort of learn to understand like let's look at what's happening with with our kids and how we can support them and give them the tools they need to be successful because you know my kid may have anxiety but he's going to be awesome you know he, he is awesome he's going to be an awesome adult he's going to have a great career it's not going to hold him back but it's not going to hold him back because we're going to work our asses off to make sure it happens now so that he has the tools and the skills that he needs to be successful, just like my other son has the tools and skills he needs to be successful. So that's how I got passionate about those things. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and the way those have played out for me, you know, really, I, I mean, I did, I started a business because of those things. Um, I right.
2: figure that. Yeah. That, that
3: that's what, you know,
2: uh, really, uh, made, you know, brought that passion in you. Yeah. But, um,
3: but even though I'm not, I'm not running that business anymore, I'm still really in the mix. I mean, I've been a, I, I've written for several national parenting blogs for a long time. I I ran my own for several years with about 15 contributors. Um, and then I've been on the, the um, I'm sorry, the major gifts committee for our local pediatric psychi- psychiatric hospital. Um, so, you know, like, even when it's not my daily work, there's still work to be done and it's still you, know, you can do outside of your vocation.
2: Yeah, you still have that line. Um, so that, it's great. I mean, it's important that the kids have that support, continuing uh, support system from the parents, you know. I mean, they see that as a good example as well, obviously, um, you know, your children. So anything in the future, I mean, you, you mentioned about uh, writing the blogs and everything. Anything in the future that you write books or is that already in the works? Maybe. Yeah, I always ask this question.
3: Yeah, I actually had a big deal a couple of years ago to write about parenting gifted kids who have anxiety. And um, just, you know, to, as, as I was talking with my son, it became clear that he wasn't ready for me to share all, you know, everything he's dealt with. And so that's fair. That's oh, fair. yeah. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't yeah. feel like I could write the story from a um, standpoint of an expert, because I'm not. I'm just a mom on that you know, mom who's worked really hard. Um, so, you know, that's sort of sitting out there. It may come up again. Um, and, you know, I really enjoy writing. So there may be some books coming. We'll see. Right now I'm working on um, a couple of online courses for entrepreneurs. And so that's where most of my writing efforts are going. Um, you know, working on how do you actually market your business to be successful? Um, and then how do you launch a business? Those are the, sort of the two I'm starting with. Okay.
2: Well, if I may offer information or refer you to people who are listening to others that I know, uh, who are seeking your services, such as this one, one of them, uh, how can we reach you? Is there a, you know, website, uh, um, you can, I can,
3: you know, Go ahead. You can reach me at the strategy mentor. So I'm www.thestrategymentor.com. You can find me there. You can find me on LinkedIn under my name, Maggie McMahon, or you can find me under my company name, the strategy mentor. Those are probably the best places to find me. I have a Facebook page, I have an Instagram, um, you know, I'm pretty accessible. Um, and I sort of like to talk to people, so I'm happy to chat.
2: How are you doing on your social platform, social media? I'm
3: pretty I'm pretty regular. I have a schedule that I follow. I have you know five or six different categories of kind of content that I post. Um and okay. this, you know, the tool that I use, co makes it pretty easy. I run eight platforms right now and i do it in about an hour maybe an hour a week um sort of keep things humming along so yes, perfect. i use co-schedule for my social media i use okay Grip for my email marketing it is not as uh common as you know either mailchimp or constant constant contact and it's a little more okay. expensive but it has a really does a really great job at auto, marketing automation and integrating with um, a couple of the other tools I use. I use Pipedrive for my customer relationship management. Okay. Um, And then um, I am on my website, I'm on WordPress and I use the Divi theme, or Divi Builder, which I think is awesome. It's drag and drop. It makes it super easy to build a professional website, you know, without a whole lot of experience. And then
2: What was the name, Maggie?
3: Divi Builder, D-I-V-I. Oh, and okay. Yeah, I've heard it. Right. Yeah. It's made by Elegant things. And then um, okay. the, the one tool that I love, oh, wait, I'm going to go back. The other piece on my website is I use WooCommerce for all my, um, you know, membership sites yeah. and um, selling subscriptions. Yeah. Um, and then the thing that people don't know about that is the coolest tool. It's free. It's awesome. It's called Hot Jar. H O T J A R, and it allows. Have you do you use it? No. Tell me. Tell, okay. tell us about that. So it allows you to see how people interact with your web page, so you can get um, heat maps to see the things that they click on, and to see like you know are okay. they over certain buttons that you really want them to be clicking on, or it'll do like recordings, so you can actually see somebody go into your website and start like clicking around and see the path that they follow and how long they stay on a certain piece of the, the content and then where they go next and how, sort of what path they take. And it's um, a little creepy, you like know. A heat uh, map, like a map. Yeah, you, you, you can do a heat I'm map, you can also do a recording where you actually see their mouse moving on the screen. Um, you don't find out who the person is. You don't like, I can't see, oh, Nikki was on my side and did these things but I can see that somebody was <laughs> on my site from the U.S. and did these things.
2: Okay, yeah. I do get that uh, those regular weekly uh, in my email, you know, statistics mm-hmm. on my website, like how the, the website is being, uh, just a lot of details. I was amazed. I want to just insert this information with you and share it with you, uh, and then, you know, see what you think about this. I usually, on my for example, uh, my website, I normally, on average, I would get per week about seven, eight, maybe in a, in a good week, and 900. Mm-hmm. In this past week, I had 2,000, 2,100 hits. So I call up my, my technical support guys and I go, um, can you guys explain to me what this is? Are these bots? Are these spams? maybe? Because I was like looking, reviewing, yes. Yes. you know, per page. What are your thoughts on that, Maggie?
3: Well, I think there's a couple of things, just knowing a little bit about your business and um, also a couple of things that have changed recently with Google. Google just did a change to their, um, their uh, search algorithm, and it is okay. rewarding um, websites that have high quality content. And so a bunch of my clients, a bunch of my friends, and I did, saw a jump over the last uh, maybe wow. 10, 10, 10 days ago. Um, uh, yes, we can jump. Now you should be able to see if that, if you got an increase in traffic from Google, if you look at your analytics, if that's where the the source of that traffic was. The other thing that might be happening for you right now is you're relaunching your podcast and you just started a new set of marketing, um, efforts for relaunching your podcast and you have a bunch of people who are getting ready to come on and you have a, all those people who are promoting that podcast too. And so there may have been a good bump that came from that also.
2: Wow. I didn't think about that. Um, okay. So it, it because I said, no, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a mistake. This is like double more than double because I was happy with seven, 900, you know, hits, uh, yeah. that's, you know, regularly every week. So I'm talking about how much is that a month? Now, with that said, um, there is another point that I want to uh, ask you. How many hits per week or per month, let's say, total, um, to be considered as a good website? With, you know, People asked me this before, and I said, I don't have the number. So you, you're going to be the right person to ask. Well, um, what is it
3: then? There's not a number. I mean, you can have a website that's getting a million hits a day. I mean, I used to have, a, so when I was in the corporate world, our website would get more than a million hits a day. Um, it was a good website, but, you know, it um, isn't the website I need. So the good website is the website that you need, providing the traffic that you need in order to support your business. You know, the things that I like to to talk with people about are tracking their conversion rate. So, you know, how many in in, in your encounter, your encounter requirements so how many times does somebody have to interact with you before they're willing to start thinking about buying from you and you know for retail that tends right. to be like eight to 12 is a statistic that that i always use is that someone needs eight to 12 interactions with you before they're going to think about buying from you and then you, a lot it's a <laughs> lot um but it it lot. Lot. an interaction might be seeing something you posted on linkedin and then it might be coming to your website and then getting your email, you know, there's lots of different ways to interact. Um, They might be seeing an article that you wrote someplace. Those are all what I would consider a touch. Now, and then the next number is, what percentage of people that you have interacted with actually end up buying from you? You know, right, and and so that number traditionally across all industries is one to 2%. So you start thinking about this, you have to interact with people eight to 12 times, and even then, only one to 2% of people are going to buy from you. And so that's what I, that's how I start thinking about is your website providing you the kind of traffic that you need to actually make the sales that you need. I, a lot of times we'll have people who have just launched call me up and say, I'm, I'm not getting any sales. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not getting any sales. And we start talking and they're not getting any traffic. You know, they may be getting a hundred people a day, but you have to hit those hundred people a day eight times, right? So that's 800 hits before they might get one sale. And so, one you know, sale. They're, yeah. and so they're thinking they're gonna get, you know, 15 sales off those 100 visits when really they need, you know, 800 to get one, one sale perhaps. And so then it becomes a numbers game to, you know, yeah. get the traffic so this, is, the
2: this is the conversion rate
3: across the industries, right? All so industries, service all industry.
2: industries.
3: Yeah. Now it, it, a lot. it does yeah. vary, you know, my conversion rates actually a bunch, a lot higher than that. Um, but part of that is I really target my message. So I'm, I'm not getting yeah. a lot of Definitely. folks who aren't yeah. interested in me ever showing up to, in the first place. Um, right. And then I think the other piece for me is that I have a pretty clear sales process. You know, I, I nurture my leads. I, I follow up with them, I, you know, email, I just touch base, I send them a text, I send them an article, I, you know, I consistently follow up with people so that over time, they remember me enough to say, you know what, I'm ready to work with her now, I trust her, I know that she knows what she's talking about, I know that she understands my business because she's shown me that, because she keeps sending me all this great stuff that I've been using. Mm -hmm.
2: Um, I mean, there's always a power of that, uh, you know, one-on-one communication and uh, mm-hmm. traditional it is traditional right? way Nikki, of doing
3: business. It doesn't have to be one-to-one. So if you have really good marketing automation, and this is the reason that I chose drip yeah. for my email marketing and pipe drive for my CRM is because they can talk to each other and I can set set triggers so that, you know, Nikki, when you come to my website, we've been talking, maybe we've been talking for three months. And I have a deal sitting over in pipe drive that I think sometime in the future, I'm going to, you're, you're going to consult with me. So, and I know that you want to consult, you're going to need to consult with me on brand. I can set it up so that when you come to my website and look at one of my blog posts on brand, I have an email that gets triggered to send to you within 24 hours. And it looks, it looks like I wrote it, you know, just to you, but I've written it in advance so that I don't have to, do all that it's one-on-one yeah. work. But then if you right. engage and you respond, yeah, I'm going to type my response back. That's not going to be an automated response. You won't know that that first one was automated unless you've listened to this conversation.
2: Right. So uh, those are some great, great, uh, suggested, um, you know, whip. right. You said the, the email marketing is that yeah,
3: no. WIP. No drip D R I P. Oh, okay. It's like a piece of, sorry, a but- of water.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I use Constant Contacts and also MailChimp. That's it is a couple, couple of tools. Um, I'm okay with it, but I'm going to take a look at this one. Drip. Uh, drive also. And WooCommerce, excellent. Um, let's see, CoSchedule. Anything else that you want to suggest as far as like, I know marketing automa- automation saves tons, tons of time, of your time to do this, and it's very professionally done as well. Uh, there's so many um, out there, as you can imagine, right? I mean, I just mentioned it, a few of them. Um, I'm gonna try anything else that you wanna, you know, add on to your list of suggested.
3: No, I mean, those schools. are the things that I use. I use Teachable for my um, courses. I looked at a bunch of different options, and that's the one that I found to be easiest to manage. Um, yeah, the one I really wanted to use was called Access Ally. And the thing I liked about it the most was that it allowed me to have the traffic on my website, as opposed to being on their website. Um, And that happens to be important because of SEO or search engine optimization. The more traffic you have coming to your site, for whatever reason, the more likely you are to get more traffic referred to you. Um, And so I really, 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 really hate giving somebody else my traffic that I've worked hard for. Um, yeah, I found that AccessOnline was just a little bit too complicated for me to use uh, consistently and easily, and so I ended up using the teachable option. Um,
2: there is a also a website called—is it Udemy or uh-huh.
3: I've, I've heard it? What do you think about that? Um, I think, like yeah, there's lots of options out there. The thing with Udemy, I think I understand, and the reason I didn't go with them is. Um, they do have some control over your course prices and okay. will, will put your stuff on sale for you, um, which is not something that I was interested in. Um, I wanted to have control over pricing and sales and, you know, all that because that's part of a marketing strategy.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you're in this, right? You're the expert for this. Yeah. Um, anything else? Because we touch base with to sales and marketing. I uh, appreciate that. The, the, the branding uh, as well. Anything you want to add on to what you had
3: already uh, shared with us? I mean, the biggest thing on branding, the people, the place people tell me they get stuck the most is they see their brand as their visual identity, the way that they look and feel. And they miss out on the opportunity to use their verbal identity to connect with people and inspire people. Um, and that's a huge loss, a huge miss. Um, And your business ends up ringing um, hollow to customers when you don't have a really strong verbal identity. You don't know who you are, what you want to do and how you can help and and inspire someone to be better. Um, So that's one thing. I think the other thing that I see people run into a lot with their verbal identity when they build it is that it's all about them They make it about, I can do this for you. I can do X, Y, and Z. I can. And it's really you will look different in the future when we work together. This is how you, your business will be transformed or your life will be changed. Um, you know, centering your story on your customer is so much more powerful than centering it on yourself because people want to be able to, um, to see. Funny solutions it, and answers see. as well. Yeah, well, for- but it's more than that. It's they, they need to be able to understand sort of deep inside of them how this is going to be yeah. better. And that's true of even the most analytic, um, work that you're going to do. I mean, I'll go back to the picking on an accountant that accountant needs to help you understand that your life, you're freeing up time and energy and emotion to be able to focus in on the things that you do best in your business. That's one of the things mm-hmm. an accountant does for you. It's not just making sure your taxes are right. It's about of that, that. Yeah. That freedom. Uh, anything else? Last words you'd like to share with the listeners. No, I mean, I've really enjoyed sitting here with you today, Nikki, and talking about. I mean, hopefully, it's clear. I really like this stuff. I think it's fun. I think it's awesome to be able to take the nitty gritty numbers and the feelings and put it all together in a way that makes somebody do better and feel better and get the kind of outcome that they want for their business. Because, like you said at the beginning of the the show, so many businesses fail and Mm -hmm. they don't have to with the right con, you know, right counsel and. You know you have a good idea we can make it work and I've I've made weird businesses work for people you know I had somebody come to me years ago or a year ago saying I've had three coaches tell me that I can't do what I want to do that I should just give up on my dream And we're like nine months out now and she has launched her business and is super successful already because it's something she was passionate about and she's good at and she just you just have to find the way to make it happen for yourself
2: to believe in that too, as well, I think that helps as well. You know, and okay. then to have a support system, not necessarily, but to believe in what you do, what you, what you, uh, and then just enjoying, enjoying what you're doing. You know, a lot of people I, I see it around me, they they do things and they don't enjoy what they do, and it just become, it's not purpose.
3: You know, to their lives. And there are there are times in our lives where we have to do what we don't enjoy. I mean, we just do to make make things work for our families, um but where you can yeah. and when you can there there are paths forward that lets you get back to things that that do provide joy on an everyday basis and make you feel like you're being your best person your best self
2: that's right, that's right well, I'd like to invite you back again and um because I enjoy talking in this content as well I think. Every entrepreneur should have these tools to understand, like you said earlier, I mean, you know, what is the goal to be out there? Is it a message? Is it the way that you, it doesn't have to be a fail. You know, if we can collaborate more uh, shared experiences and everything that we have done, maybe even our failures, maybe even our successes, we, we talk about this, the more what we rise together. We That's do. my point. Collaborate, not competition. I think this is a great, great platform. Uh, for all women, uh, our voices to be heard as well.
3: I agree. And I really appreciate you giving me the time to talk with you today and just share some ideas and hopefully a little bit of inspiration for all the women out there who are trying to make it work for themselves and who can, and they will.
2: And they will. It it just, you know, a lot of times that we women, when we collaborate with each other in a room, then we finally go like, aha moments. Aha, yeah, I didn't think, yeah, I thought about that before. And it's just a little push, perhaps. The collaboration is so powerful. I think mean, there's no better time like right now. Now is a time to collaborate. Well, time flies when you are having way too much fun, right? We can just go on and on and on. That's another thing about us women. We can do so many different things all at once. We can talk so many different things, too. But, yeah, I know we do. We take care of things. We take care of business as well. We make things happen. I want to say we make shit happen. <laughs> thank you Maggie for joining and sharing your really really valuable advices on so many different things uh, we are running out of time so any last words that you would
3: like to I know I keep saying this I ask you this we'd like to share with our listeners out there I think just find the things that you're passionate about and then if you want to build a business get some good advice if you don't know something go learn it If you don't feel like you can go learn it, figure out somebody who you can partner with or outsource to, or there's ways to make it work. Even when you don't have all the skills sitting in your basket right now, you can, you can build them and you can go buy them. Um, And that happen. and you'll be successful. Um, I I have faith that you can be successful.
2: Yeah, you know what? Another thing too that I didn't really want to talk uh, on this on this session is your um, journey or your experiences when you travel across the globe as well. Um,
3: Maybe that you know, would be a good, a good topic America. for next time because exactly. I, I I've, I've done Japan, exactly. China, and Europe, as, and you
2: know, it's, it's the cultural differences I can imagine, and you know, I, I think you you have to come back then. As I would love man. That would be
3: a great thing to talk
2: about. <laughs> and for our listeners, if you enjoy listening to this, to this podcast session, please do post and share. You know, Maggie I even even um, recommended this, this podcast to others. Share it, like it, tweet it out, Facebook, like it, everything. You know, all of those fancy stuff that you all do daily, every day. Get the word out there. It fits your soul and fits the souls of your friends and those others around you. Don't forget to subscribe and join our community here, uh, nikidare.com, and podcast here. And yes, download for free at iTunes uh, podcast. I am Nikki Dare, your host. Stay safe, stay vigilant until our next episode on We Talk. Really enjoy our episode with you, Maggie. God bless and good luck. Collaborate, not competition. I forgot to say that. (laughs) Good luck in all your ventures and wish you well and come back. I want you back again. From our passion to yours, I'm Nikki Derry, host. God bless. Thank you. Bye.
1: You have been listening to Nikki Dare's Radio, a podcast of sustainability, with your host, Ms. Nikki Dare. To learn more, please visit Ms. Dare's websites, education.nickydare.com. Workshops on safety preparedness, situational awareness are available. Also available, the Transformational Coaching Series. For corporate and private group pricing, please contact us. She also offers both private and group classes and firearms training, and handgun, rifles, and shotgun for individuals and families, and home invasion scenarios, and her other outdoor activities, and her passion for fitness and upcoming classes. Follow her on LinkedIn and her social media, Twitter, Instagram, Google+, Pinterest, and Facebook. Or simply watch her tutorial videos. You can subscribe to her YouTube channel, Nikki Dare. All about her books and inspirational quotes can be found on her website, books.nickydare.com. Check out her newest website, travel.nickydare.com, for all travel resources, savings, and tips. Her calendars, both of living in purpose and passion, as well as her exclusive edition of Firearm Safety, are available for order on her website, nickydare.com. All of her broadcasts are available for free download on iTunes podcast, Nikki Dare. For more details on opportunities for sponsorships and speaking engagements, please email us at education at NikkiDare.com. Join her next time, living in purpose and passion. Our mission is to live a sustainable life with your host, Nikki Dare.